And so to a world-leading venture underway in the northern rivers of New South Wales. Leah White reports. I'm here at Tony Parks' property in Binnaburra in northern New South Wales and in front of me is the start of a lush green rainforest. Now it's tall and dense and there's dappled shadows and it's a rich emerald green that's glistening in the sun. It looks like this rainforest has been around for centuries but it was actually cleared farming land not so long ago and Tony Parks has spent 30 years replanting and regenerating it. Now, Tony Parks, what motivated you to spend decades regenerating the land? Love of the rainforest. We hadn't been here very long when somebody took me into a remnant and I was blown away by the diversity of life forms and the diversity of species within it. And as a boy that grew up in Sclerophyll country, this was a wonderful discovery. And as I say, I fell in love with the rainforest. Then I discovered that tragically 99% of this had been cleared and the little remnant patches of rainforest were being overtaken by weeds. Virtually nothing was happening to save them. Just one local government authority, Lismore Council, was looking after a remnant on the edges of Lismore, and all the rest were going downhill. So uh, a group of us got together and thought, if the government isn't going to do something about it, we will. So we formed Big Scrub Landcare, which is now called Big Scrub Rainforest Conservancy, And our mission was to help save the big scrub and its magnificent biodiversity. A great mission, which, as far as the remnants are concerned, we have in terms of getting the weeds under control. But then early on, cynical ecologists said, you're wasting your time because there's so little genetic diversity in here that it's doomed. Now, we will get to the genetic diversity side of things, but can you tell me what is so special about the big scrub here in northern New South Wales? Well, it's one of the uh, most unique Gondwana lowland subtropical rainforests in the world. It's critically endangered, and the upper levels of the rainforest are world heritage. So it's an extremely valuable, from a conservation point of view, by world standards, not just Australian standards. So it is internationally significant? It is internationally significant. How did the big scrub go from being an ancient rainforest with species that I guess were probably around the same time as some of the dinosaurs were to being about 1% of what it once was? The Aborigines, of course, looked after this for 60,000 years. When the white settlers arrived, it was opened up for settlement in the 1880s and a condition of settlement for the freeholders to get their 100-acre blocks was that they cleared the scrub, as they called it, the rainforest. If they didn't clear the whole lot of the rainforest, they didn't get freehold title. So government stupidity again. They didn't say leave 15% along the creek lines and the, the waterways. So basically the clearing was induced by government policy and it was very effective tragically. Now, you spoke a bit earlier about founding the Big Scrub Rainforest Conservancy. Can you tell me a bit about what that organisation does? It looks after the remnants, but the most important one is Science Saving Rainforest, which is applying conservation genetics to improve restoration practices within the Big Scrub. So we commissioned this research with Maurizio. We raised the money, which was not easy and it took some time, and it has enabled us to have a vision that we can 
optimise genetic diversity from what's left of this highly cleared forest and set up a seed plantation with 30 of the key structural species and 30 threatened species. And this will be a living seed bank producing seed for growing into planting stock for restoration that has the optimal genetic diversity to help it survive or avoid inbreeding, be resilient to climate change, new diseases and new bugs. So this is the best we can do with the available science at the moment to restore the rainforest and give it the resilience to survive in the long term, which unfortunately the two and a half million trees that have been planted here in the last 30 years lack and the little patches of remnants for many key species also lack adequate genetic diversity. Dr Maurizio Rosetto, I think this is where you come into the picture. So you're a senior principal research scientist at the Royal Botanic Gardens in Sydney and I've heard you called Australia's leading rainforest geneticist. So why is genetic diversity important when it comes to rainforest regeneration? Well, it's important in all type of restoration and regeneration, threatened species and common species. And the reason for that is that we want to ensure that replanting or restoration is not only about numbers, but is also about quality of what is planted. So if you take into consideration all the possible issues and selective forces that can interact with newly planted populations, if this population doesn't have sufficient genetic diversity, it is not going to survive, or even worse, it's not even going to be able to reproduce. So that's been a concern that we've had for a very long time as geneticists, but until probably 10, 15 years ago, we did not have the technological tools that would enable us to do this kind of research, not only on one species, not only on 10 species, but on dozens actually by now hundreds of species, not only rainforests, obviously, but all sorts of species. So now we're in a position to be able to work with Tony and, and the Big Scrub Rainforest Conservancy, which is an absolute privilege because this team has been always looking forward to the latest innovation and how to ensure that the work that they do, and it's massive work and valuable work, the work that they do has a long-term vision. It's not just about planting trees, it's about ensuring that the rainforest is revitalized and is a rainforest that will survive in the long term. And so this has been fantastic for us to have this opportunity to work with Tony and the team and to be able to provide the necessary guidance to establish seed production areas for a large number of species that will support restoration in the area for many, many years to come. So what is the process for collecting and analysing the DNA of species in the big scrub? It's actually much, much easier than you might think. And one of the great innovations is as the technology advances, it becomes more cost effective and it also is commercialised. So even ourselves, we can obtain the material and to do that, obviously you have to go out to the rainforest patches and collect leaves from trees, which is not a simple thing to do because the leaves might be 40 metres up. Those leaves are then sent back to us. We freeze-dry them so they can be stable for a very long time and we can reuse them for years and years and years. And then we send them to a sequencing facility that does the sequencing, send us the data back, we analyse the data and we'll provide guidance. And it's not only guidance about restoration, but in the process we learn a lot about the ecology, the biology and the history of the species, which are 
whole critical factors for us to make decisions on how to manage and conserve species and communities. How far along are you in terms of analysing the DNA and, and using it to replant areas up here in the big scrub? Well, we've done a lot of work in this area for a long time, but in, in relation to this particular project, we, I'd say, well, we're having a meeting today about really starting to plan the first plantings. So we probably have data for about a third of the species and we've got more coming in the next few months. And I think within the next few months, actually, we'll be able to plan the first plantings, which is very, very exciting for us and for Tony, I'm sure. I'll bet. And is this method being used in other significant forests and ecosystems around Australia? Well, we are doing similar projects in other areas, but to this scale, there is nothing in Australia or in the world. And how important is this kind of DNA-informed regeneration in terms of a national scale, looking at regenerating those important ecosystems around the country? It's critical, and the beauty of the work that has been supported by Tony and the Big Scrub Rainforest Conservancy is that now we have the relevant information for 60 plus species that is not going to be just useful for Tony but it's going to be useful across the whole of Australia because we have sampled all of Australia and so we can replicate with the same data set the same guidance that we give to the big scrub to many other areas so it's it's really really critical and this is where we are at now from a technological and analytical point of view to manage species, it's we no longer thinking what genetics can do for us, but how do we make sure that we integrate genetic information from the onset of any project. So we, we are really at that stage, and, and, and it's really a pivotal moment for science, I think, for restoration science. It sounds like it really has been a game changer in terms of restoring these areas. It, it absolutely is. I, I really think so, and I think that Tony would agree. Absolutely. <laughs>